And this is where it excites me because we 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 changed the culture behind this this uh, stigma that we have in EMS and fire and law and nursing is that like why can't we be training as a conversation? Or why can't we influence this uh, positive conversation of education? Um, and this is exactly the reason why we're doing this episode is to really talk about the stewardship of instructors, right? So without further ado and something that we have forgotten to do, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back within Thin Lines. My name is Vince, and I've got the entourage here to my left on the virtual world, right? Because you're, I don't know what the camera's following me. Bushio. Hey. Hope everything's well. We've also got Dan Strike and, and Steve. Here I am. Nice. Oh, he's pouring himself a little something tasty. And then Stephen Hines is on the uh, the virtual line end of the uh, Zoom as well. And today's guest is Peyton, who is a was a current student for our TECC TCCC world and is now being processed into the instructor position to be part of that team and have this conversation amongst each other as a testimonial. I wanted to get a voice outside of us because it seems like we're always preaching this whole mindset of education and reinforcement. But I have somebody from the outside saying, hey, you know what? I like what you guys are doing. I like the way you're doing it. This enforces our, our realist, realism behind it. And the fact that he quotes our episodes and some of the statements and the knowledge. And he comes to the show. He's driven two and a half hours just to have the conversation. Now he's going off with Dan about ketamine. This whole thing just ignited to a whole score. You know what I mean? A, we actually got listeners. That's, that's awesome. But B, we have somebody who's been influenced by yes. our culture and our, our our movement here. So much so that he actually wants to come be part of it. That is uh, that is a key aspect here. So uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, Mr. Hayden or uh, Lieutenant, what did I call you earlier? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you're doing, why are you here? My name's Hayden. I grew up in Crystal Lake, Illinois, about two hours outside of where Vince lives. Lieutenant paramedic, small department right outside Chicago. Enjoyed the tactical realm of medicine, doing it in an austere environment. There's not lights everywhere you go. Took the class, enjoyed it a lot. I also teach paramedic program where I went and went back and taught just to pay it forward and it's I think that's what we can do is if you if you enjoy something it's helping other people find their lover to enjoy it as much as you do so that's my main goal for going back and teaching how do you know that I love what I do you're very passionate about it I can tell right it. I feel like we are very passionate about it and I, I appreciate the fact that we we are a little different of a program and I, I, I definitely enforce the uh, and embrace that difference in the mindset of we are trying to break the stigma of the instructor versus student, that there's no inferior, no superior, but ultimately is to give the steering wheel to the student of the program. Like this, this class is, ex is going to be exactly what you want it to be. Plus more. If you want it to be a, and I hate these words and it's not my vocabulary, you want it to be a walkthrough and you want it to be a familiarization or a what do you call it? A crawl phase? Like, just get out because you're in the wrong room. Um, that's not what we're going to do here. We're going to do the actual lessons that you need to know. You're going to learn it by hands on. 
And we, we all work in a world where hands-on training works best for us. You can't really, yeah, it's important to read and, and look at articles and understand PowerPoints, but you're not going to remember it. You can't learn how to set an IV by reading. You got to do it. And that's the same. You know, one of the things I think we pride ourselves on is developing relationships with our students. Listen, 45 minutes was a little long, Vince. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> we had somebody timing that. But I say we take pride in getting to know our, When you come in through the door, we come up and shake your hand. I want to get to know you. What gives you passion behind what you do? Many times you go into a class and you're with your instructor and they're just kind of feeding you the information. But you don't get to know them on a personal level. You don't get to see that passion. Not saying that it's not there, but we want to show you that we're passionate that you're there and uh, that we're excited to give you the education. What do you think? This goes all the way back to, I guess, the first position I was in when it came to instruction, when I was put into an FTO role, maybe I was delegated that because they saw that I was willing to work with individuals who were struggling. An old agency I used to work for. It was one medic and two EMTs on the ambulance, right? We were a 911 inner facility here and there, but that was really per membership. If somebody had in, in the town or county we were in had a membership to our facility, we would help them out that way. But we were generally 911 calls. Definitely, it was a volunteer organization, so you're paid by the hour. Um, I, I loved it because it was very personal. You got to know the people who you work for. But ultimately, when you're working as a medic and you're the lead, you should embrace the fact that people are looking up to you, right? EMTs are looking up to how you function. They want to know the why behind what you do. And there was an individual who was struggling as an EMT and she seemed like she just re really understand or grasp the knowledge well enough. And she got, she got picked on. She got, she got pushed and unfortunately pushed her out of the organization. But beforehand, I was spending hours upon hours to make sure, like, hey, what can we do to help you succeed? And, and ultimately, now it went from me being an FTO to instructors to leads to whatever to an organization now that somebody put on a Facebook post saying, hey, we're doing a TECC program that we haven't done before. We're looking for people to volunteer. And I was like, you know what? I'm bored. So I typed it up and I showed up. And within the first five minutes of me trying to follow suit with everybody else of my PowerPoint slide, I was like, Fuck this. I can't do this. I can't do this PowerPoint mindset. You're not going to learn this stuff. Yeah. Is it cool to know that you know, statistics is 93% this and that? Yeah, sure. Maybe that's fun, but I only got 16 hours with these students. Let's go outside and let's go put tourniquets and you know what? Make sure they're actually training as if it's real life, embracing the suck. And that's the first thing we do in this program. And ultimately that day, the, the, the coordinator of the program was like this. This is your class. <laughs> Obviously you get it. You understand it. You have a way of functioning with the students. They look up to you and, and it's maybe that relationship, but I'm a believer that there is no rank. There is no, there's no command. It's just, it's an opportunity, whether you could influence somebody to be their success. That's, that's how I want to end my military career. I want to end as a drill sergeant and drill sergeants. They don't see it as like, oh, I'm trying to make commission. Or I'm making a pay for all these, these candidates that are going through, or these soldiers going through basic training, their, their commission is these brand new soldiers success. And that's, that's the way I see it in, in everything I do for education. I'm glad you said that. Thanks for asking me how I feel. I could rant. But, yeah, no, keep going, Vince. 
Ah, no, it's just a long, <laughs> it's a long, long thing. We got, we got all this time to talk about it. Yeah. But before we start anything else, now that we've been involved in it for a while, let's keep up with current times. So Bushio, Dan and Steven, what's going on in your lives? What's going on in your world? What's something good that you've achieved? And what's something that you want to possibly get some help on to be successful? Start with Bushio. Nah, noodles would be me. I don't know, man. I've been having a lot more time with the family, which is good. And I really like that I'm, I'm being there for my for my girls. They're doing a lot of stuff with school, so it's it's interesting. And then also just trying to get a lot of ideas spewing in my head. It's like rattling back and forth. So I, there's a couple of things that I want to do, and a lot of them has to do with the podcast as well. And that's basically it. It's not much going on. Stuck at home right now for other reasons, but it's all good. Good. You look healthy though. You look back on your feet. I'm good. I'm Don't ready to get man. Yeah, but that's about it. Good. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I guess my life is very similar to yours, Bushio. Father, two daughters, and staying very busy with that. It's, it's I was gonna say to you, it's a real pleasure that we get to do that. A lot of fathers don't get to do that. So we're, ble we're blessed, man. We get to really pour into our family as fathers and really special. So that's what's going on in my life on that end. Something I'd really like to work on with this busy season in my life. I just am struggling with the motivation to stay fit like I used to, eat right like I used to. And that's that's been heavily on my mind. And uh, I know that's something we are very passionate about is mental toughness, but also physical. And, uh, so that, that's something I'm, I'm really gearing towards and that's been heavily on my mind. I'm with you on that. I'm glad you said that. Cause that is something that we've, we've always talked about on the show, but we've never really made into a lesson. And I think Steven here, who's uh, very passionate about fitness and uh, he is now into a little bit of a bigger responsibility for fitness for his organization. Um, maybe this is a good opportunity to identify a responsibility within the uh, WTL podcast of what is your purpose here? You, know? you, you put me on a pedestal there with that, but I'm still getting after my own fitness and just staying consistent. And kind of like Dan said, like the last few days have just been kind of tough with the cold weather and getting after it. And I, I ran yesterday and then today I kind of struggled through a workout, but yeah. I'm enjoying being a field training officer. It's kind of keeping me and my trainee out of trouble every day, every shift, but also making sure like, we're not just like sitting in a hole, dodging calls and stuff like that. Cause that would be a injustice to my trainee and all that, as well as the department and the, the citizens of where we work. That's kind of like how, how much exposure can we do without getting into a situation that we're going to regret later. And there's various degrees of regret, obviously there's, oh, I just got into a shooting or like an injury situation versus, oh, I'm just going to be here for like five hours waiting for like the state's attorney to call me back. But we can go, let's get, we'll get into a little bit of trouble. Just not the whole thing, but, uh, and then back to the fitness, I'm just, I'm working on becoming a instructor at the academy first. The physical skills unit and uh, 
that's stuff like handcuffing, emergency takedowns, stuff like that. Or some of the, they even touched on some of the stuff that we're doing at TECC, which is how do you do buddy carries when like one of you is injured and all that. And then you have to stay in a fight, but also be cognizant of getting your down teammates out. And then the other half of that is also like physical conditioning. So I got to take it by myself to stay consistent with the fitness and then be like a, a model for the recruits down the line. But it, it's the bro. It's dad workouts. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm in my, my family room doing pushups. I got some dumbbells and like a TR, some TRX bands and I'm just doing what I can. It's not what I'm used to. And it's not, it's not really pushing me, but I'm trying something and it's, it's been tough because I, I want more and it's easy to give yourself that excuse of, I got kids. I got so much to do today. The kids, she's not napping, whatever. I'll throw any excuse at myself. So I'm sure that's something we've all struggled, right? Bushio, you got a lot of kids and I walk up my stairs, bro. I walk up my stairs up and down. Sometimes they start crying. I grab them. The biggest sure. one is the biggest one, of course. And I just, I throw over my shoulder. It's like I'm carrying someone. That's what I'm doing. But and I'm winded. I don't know, 20 times up and down each one. But yeah. You know, but you're right. Excuses are so easy. It is. Especially right now, the weather, like Stephen was saying, I don't, I don't want to wake up early and go to the gym. I don't even want to go in the afternoon because it's even colder or something. It's just like, there's an excuse for everything. And, and obviously as dads, we would be able, me and you would be able to pick it up real quick. I, I don't know about Vince, man. This guy is, you're wired differently, bro. It's, I remember him going to like the gym every single time. You're not a real, you don't have a real dad bod, Vince. I don't believe it. Take off shirt. <laughs> I had a dad bod. I had two dads bods. <laughs> so, yeah, man, it's it's not it's not easy. And I mean, it was. Bro, I want to see it. I want to see a before <laughs> picture of you, Vince. By the way, that's right. We'll, we'll show that out. So yeah, that needs that needs to get out there. We'll, I'll we'll find make it into the actual fitness episode. We'll make sure we. Make right. yeah, yeah, but I think one thing is that we can keep. Being, and it's it's easier to say like we can keep each other accountable. Text you, I'll text you, whatever. But even that sometimes doesn't doesn't always work. It's it's just. You just gotta find the time and do it, and don't go and don't go work out with Vince. He'll kill you. <laughs> you know, something on my phone came up yesterday. It was the one year anniversary since I, I smoked you at that gym. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, it came up. You remember this a year ago? I'm like, oh man, yeah. here. I was dying, dude. Did he puke? No, almost did. I just nice. I saw him again for like a couple weeks. When he disappears, he's still trying to recover. That's why he's uh, he's at home. It's uh, it's very true. You know, fitness, fitness is a big world. It's a big part of what we need to be doing. There, it's everybody has their own reason behind why they need to or why they wanted to go to the gym. At some point, heavier set me. It was like, dude, I'm I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of uh, of being out of shape. Can I still do the job? Sure, but I I need to be able to do the job to stay alive and how many people around us are, are not committed to the fitness world and they're, they're dropping like flies. We've got line of duty deaths at fire stations after fires because of heart attacks and stuff like that. You um, know what, Vince, real quick, you said like you, you should be able to do the job. The way I look at it is you should be able to do the job more than once, like yeah. after the other, but there's been places, there's been houses that had yes. multiple fires within that hour. That's so exactly it. One, you're, you're done, man. That's exactly <laughs> it. 
I, and I, I have conversations with people and, and I've, I've had people say, oh, you should be like trying to bulk up as heavy as you can. Like the, to the guys who can't even like get through doors because their shoulders are so pecked out. But then it's, yeah, I'm sure they could bust through a door or a wall faster than I can. But then how many, how many times, thank you. We got our food delivered. Thanks. <laughs> how many times they, they go through the wall once and they're, they're beat, they're exhausted. Where I could tell them I'll go through four five, six different walls and, and get the job done multiple times. It's all about functional, right? It's not about mass and, and aesthetics and looks and views. It's about being able to do the job. And we see this in the world we are in, even in the military, they've been posting the, the PT test standard for going on three years now because they can't figure out the right rhythm or the right uh, standard or gender neutral versus numbers and age and this and that. It's like, I hate to say it, but crime, fire, gunshots, they're not discriminating towards your gender yeah. or your size or your height. So it, it, there needs to be a standard of just getting the job done. Get through, get through what you got to do, fight the fire and get home and stay alive and be able to pull your partner out. If that falls, that scares me sometimes when I go to different jobs, it's like, man, are you, are you going to be able to pull me out if something happens to me? Yeah, you make a point on it. What about you, Aiden? What do you think? Aiden, I agree with you that it's. I think there's a there's a struggle for maintaining all the fitness around, but the issue I have a lot is you got guys that they'll they'll like like Dan said they'll make any excuse to not to not work out or something because oh I don't I don't want to be gassed if we if we catch a job we go to a fire I'm like that's not what it's about. I'm not saying you got to go up in the gym and, and run yourself ragged and you, you don't got to be pouring sweat after an hour, but go just do be active during a day. It doesn't have to be, like you said, functional. Swing the sledge on the tire. Do take a walk on the treadmill. Do the, do the Stairmaster. Everybody, everybody complains about doing the CPAT. The stairs are the hardest part. Well, yeah. So it doesn't mean it's one test you take once and then never do the stairs again. I think statistics just came out the other day. It's 82% of people in first responder agencies are overweight and out of shape. Makes sense. Like, and I get it. Your weight does not determine your, that's not what it's about. But we're talking about like, even in the forces, someone said that like seven, if something happened right now and we needed all hands on deck, it was something outrageous. Like 13% would be capable for like wow. fitness, for marksmanship. Yeah. For all the, the the basic military stuff, and it's just like that blows my mind. I hope other places are not listening to this podcast because I feel like this is secrets being told out. But are we really that prepared? But we're we're a strong force. We got high tech stuff, but we got to just it. give the secret out, Vince. That's right. <laughs> is there any analysis of that number right? current number right now compared to like years past is it downtrended or is this just ri a random statistic well the difference between current and past we've got people who are joining or we're struggling to find people who are joining because all they want to do is get the benefits out of it and get the reward but not do the job whereas in the past we had people lying about their age to go serve their country i hate sounding like an old salty dog about it because now you see all these other veterans who are like your grandpa or whatever. He's like, oh, back in my days, you guys are weak and this and that. And we always thought about like, oh man, you don't know what you're talking about. Now I'm starting to feel it. 
the difference between us and new generation is like, man, we're, we're in trouble. So those old vets, they've got something to say nowadays, in my mm-hmm. opinion. They've mm-hmm. got a lot to say. So if an, an older vet tells me, this is not, a lot have said, this is not what I fought for, what we're seeing now. He, we need to listen to them. Times have it's changed. Thing. Have you guys heard that saying recently? I've been, not probably recently, but it's like, hard terrorists create strong men, uh, strong yeah. yeah. And then it's like, that's, that's what it's leading to right now. It's like, going back to like, the soft. Mm-hmm. Let me mess up. Look up that saying we gotta say it right here. Somebody yeah, got it. it. I was pulling it up. What else? Who got it? Who got it? Since hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. Just circles around. Yep. Yep. So that's definitely a thing. It's crazy, man. And today, today's workout I had right because I was at the gym from twelve p.m. No, I was at the gym for twelve to two fifteen. An hour of cardio, and we could bust it out. I'll show you on my on my GPS on my Garmin. It shows exactly what I do in my fitness world. Well, one thing I realized when I got there, <laughs> I went over to a suburb LA fitness, and I was like, "All right, I got everything I need." But I was like, "Forget my shorts. I forgot my gym shorts, man." So I I wore these pants and I wore my boots, and I had the best damn workout ever. And I don't know if it's just like the mentation of you're wearing something you normally in or somewhat military, somewhat uniform it just had me a lot more pumped i was lifting heavier weight than i was yesterday but that had me thinking looking around do i look mean do i look angry do i look pissed off because ultimately when you meet people at the gym who are like they're wearing a hoodie and they had little headphones in and they're just like dead silent dead face those are the ones that are, are fighting those demons and they're there battling. Oh, yeah. you know what i mean that is the best pre-work you could pre-workout you could have is where hey, you never know man you could walk up to one of those guys and open up their headphones and it's Ray, it's like some <laughs> prince. I think it's like metal going on, but who knows, man? Your scream, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's prince. It's prince. It's definitely prince. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. that next time I see somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, we digress. This is not the fitness episode. No, <laughs> but it almost became the fitness episode. It almost did. But if you guys are listening to this, we challenge you to go do go do twenty pushes. Leave 10. Let's do it. You know what? Let's do it as a cadre. Right? Lead the example. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Right now. Right here. How many you want to do? I'm in. I don't know. Pick a number. You won't see me when I go down. Listen, I'm down for 20 push-ups. Let's do 20 push-ups. 20 push-ups? All right. I'm, I'm taking my headphones 20 push-ups. Out. It's our oath. As long as you're listening to the show. And you hear us doing push-ups. I don't, you're probably not going to hear it. We'll post pictures and videos of this snippet. Yeah. But oath that you are going to do it as well. And then oath that you are going to do something from here on out every day to be just that much better. So start right now. 20 push-ups. Steven, if you fart, we all have to restart. (laughs) That'll be six. I'm fighting something right now. Let's go. Oh, going down. I'm making it so there's proof.
That was a good nap. Push-ups. Right. I like the view, Steven. Get it. I don't know about you guys, but like I already feel that much more enriched. I feel that much more successful. Absolutely. I'm awake so, again. Why can't you? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're warmed up because it's a little cold in this garage here. It felt good. It felt good, man. There's nothing negative out of fitness. Hey, now we're warmer. Now we're more woke. Whatever the new kids are saying, we're woke. They're woke. Is that what they so, meant? Yeah, that- maybe that's what it is. We're, next time I see, see someone say woke, I'd be like, do some push-ups. How about that? Let's go. Do push-ups. Damn. You became that much more stronger. Your muscles are that much more prepared. Your mind has got more blood flow. It's got more oxygen. Your endorphins are popped up, right? So whatever demons we thought, we didn't even realize we may have been fighting, just got squashed that much more heavier. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully, if you're viewing this or listening to this, you actually did it. We'll give you another five seconds to finish. We'll actually do it and embrace it. So I do know, because apparently we do have viewers, because Hayden, you're really good about quoting our episodes. <laughs> we, we've got people who respond to our show and, and, and talk about the conversation. And you guys know who I'm talking about, right? If you're hearing this. So write to us saying that you did what we asked you to do. So nonetheless, we digress. Let's go back to the show, which was a stewardship of the instructor. Dan, what yeah, guys go ahead, man. Where you are now, and why are you even doing this? What is your reason? What is your purpose? So, taking that instructor role was a big step for me, and the reason I got here was because someone else equipped me and pushed me to do it. Step out of my comfort zone, and then I'll take the knowledge in. I'll take the education. I'll learn it, but. It took someone to say, hey, why don't you teach something? Why don't you, hey, why don't you run the scenario right now? Um, And that's all it took for me. And I had to get comfortable being in front of people and sharing my knowledge. But it it started with somebody else pushing me to do that as well, if that makes sense. I guess give us an example of who, you don't have to name names or places, but. Sure. What actually occurred that, you, that made you realize, like, I need to be pushed. I need to. Yeah. So I think the first time I was on probation when I got hired and uh, <laughs> what? like the probationary guy, right? And yes and no, mouth shut, ears open. Yes, that's a thing. But the lieutenant I was working for at the time, he uh, trained me up a lot and we had some recruits come in and he said, Dan, why don't you go take those boys out on the floor? and run them through a rescue drill, the one that we went over last week. And I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, I haven't done this before, but I'll do it. And so that was the first time I was given that opportunity to take the knowledge that I was given and then pass it on to somebody else who maybe hadn't learned that before. And it it caused me to think, am, am I portraying this or giving this training Am I being thorough? Am I being clear about what I'm saying? And uh, it started for me there. It was in the fire department. So, Lucio, how about you, man? Mine started a little bit younger, honestly. When I was in, I was in, I've been in martial arts all my life. So it was, it was kind of there. You're he like can, the, the Krav Maga. Krav Maga. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I started there with, with a couple of martial arts teaching and then, uh, 
when I went to the police academy, that was, no, actually before that, that was before that, before I became a police officer, I, I met a guy who trained me in like defensive tactics and he's a really, he's still like a really good friend of mine and uh, uh, a big mentor for me. And he kept throwing stuff at me to teach people, to teach people in his class and in his curriculum and the system to the point where he actually he wanted me to fly with him over to Florida to teach police officers over there. And this was way before I was a police wow. officer. That's what kind of got me like interested even more. Cause like at one point he just left me in there by myself. And I'm like, dude, I'm a 21 year old kid with all these cops and SWAT members. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. He said, no, you know the curriculum, you'll be fine. So he like walked away and that's what gave me like the push to be like, I can, I can do this. I can, I can teach and not be, what's the word, like, intimidated. And they all and liked it. Yeah, I didn't get anything. I didn't get any bad reviews or anything, which is good. And that's the thing. Like when that leader, that instructor passes that on to you, I, I don't know this guy, yeah. but tell me if I'm right. He's not passing the buck. He's not oh. taking something off his plate, pushing it onto yours and saying, hey, can you just handle this for me? No, he had a method behind his, yeah. his uh, practice. He want, yeah, he wanted to see how I would do under pressure. And if I right. you know the f- curriculum he gave for me. For sure. I'm sure he didn't walk away far because I saw him too. <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously, and then what the last thing I did before anything now is that I was actually a defensive tactics instructor in my old department. So that, that's what helped me and led me to that. So I was, that was fun. So I've always liked teaching. I've always liked learning stuff and teaching people. I think I'm a better teacher than I am like competitor, I guess you could say. For sure. Yeah. And this yeah. is all great stuff. We teach that teach. People see T CC class. That stuff is fun, man. That stuff is also really important. So it's a reinforcement of what we're we're taking in, right? Yeah. It's it's a way to reinforce and equip someone else to pass that along, and you're just continuing to build that knowledge just by teaching I, somebody yeah. else. It's building that knowledge even more, and you might even be uh, inspiring other people to do stuff. So to be instructors like Hayden here, yeah, yeah, Hayden. What what got yeah. you interested to be moving towards the instructor role? What what gave you that push? Were you in a position before where you were able to teach somebody else? So it started similar to yours. I was a probie at my first department, and we're trying to figure out what to do. 130 rolls around. We got to figure out drill. Lieutenant goes, hey, Hayden, take the new kids out and show them ladders. I'm, I am the new but and it, and it, and it helps you. Know, obviously, he sees something in me that he thinks I'm going to be good at this. So it's, that's where it started. Last four, a couple of years later, when I was a paramedic student, I had instructors who, like, I'm not going to, it's, it's going to sound bad. But so I was, I was always on top of scenarios in class. We got to do, we got to do this, 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 and that. And I was always kind of like put into the in charge position. So the instructors were like, hey, Hayden, you're going to be the patient today. Oh man. So I'm out of the, I'm out of the drill, but that helps. And it's helping them, helping the other students learn. So now I go back to teach at my medic program and it's basically what, what I get out of it is I'm giving them the opportunities that I didn't have, right? Aeromedical, that chapter, right? Where our medic program is, we don't call helicopters because there's five trauma centers within 10 minutes of us, right? So my part-time place was rural. Talked to the chief. Hey, can I bring the medic students out? Can we land the helicopter? And they, they jumped on it. They loved it. And I'm like, that's, that's something I didn't have. 
And if I can give them the opportunity to do that, I'm going to jump on it every time because that's phenomenal. And it's improving, helping them improve things I had trouble with. I hated endocrine. I was just so bad at it. It was like my worst chapter in class. So if I can help somebody understand it just a li- just a little bit better than I did, then it's 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 the, it's that fulfillment. Feeling like, hey, I did that. I I helped you, and I f- I feel good about myself. Now I want to go do it more. You know? For sure, it does give you that fulfillment, and it does reinforce the knowledge that you you took upon yourself to to learn more. But beyond that, for that student is giving them the opportunity to turn around and then hand the torch to them. Hey, turn around. Hey, t- teach your classmates the subject on endocrine that we just talked about. That's what we're trying to, to share here is what we're finding success in with the classes that we're teaching is passing the torch, putting the ball in the student's court to turn around and reinforce the knowledge that we've been able to pass. What do you think about that, Vince? When it comes to, to in being an instructor or an educator, there's a lot of responsibility in that, you know, you can't just play it by ear. You can't always just shoot from the hip. It's gotta be a sense of what's the word. It's kind of like a method to your madness. I love saying that. I know. That's why I said it. I love that you guys are still remembering that. Yeah. Competency, right? It's a, there's another word. I can't think of it right now, but. If you come up as an instructor and say that you know how to do CPR and you're here to teach CPR, but then you actually don't, you lose a credibility. 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 That's the word. Thank you. Thank you. You have to have credibility. You have to have a better foundation and you have to have a sense of, I'm, I've got this. I took the time to educate myself, to learn, to experience, but I'm not here to hold it to just my own wealth. I'm here to share it to you all. Right. I'm here to be the steward of the trade. I'm here to make you all inspire yourselves to be better and soon become the future educator of this program. And, and to think of it as a leader, this goes back into the leadership role. You shouldn't be a, a boss that just tells people, Hey, this is how you're going to do it. And that's it. I don't, don't ask questions. It should be a leader should be saying, this is what we need to do for you to su- succeed. And then for you to be taking my spot, you should be looking for your replacement. That's right. And enforcing and, and allowing them the opportunity to replace you. Be able to teach those new guys that are coming in. So exactly. they can teach others. Yeah. I guess, what do you guys, when you were first given that, whether a FTO or a, somebody else in leadership said, Hey, Dan, or Hey, Bushio, you're going to go teach this class today or Hayden, you're going to be, even though you're new, you're going to teach it. What, what made, what did you feel out of, you know, other than like all of a sudden stress and what do you call it? Stage fright. But once you taught that day lesson, how did you feel? Oh, so that yeah. Reminded. You got to be on, if you, you give someone that like, Hey, I need you to teach this. Right. I think it helps. Like, teaching is the best form of. Yeah. Like, inner, I, I got to be on top of this so I can teach you. So it's. It's like holding, like holding yourself to a higher standard. If I got, if I don't know it, how can I teach them? You know, I'm, I'm a nerd now, man. My, my days are spent like flip. I'll pick a like every day on shift. I'll pick a random SOP and I'll just run through it. Okay, we got this one today. All right, let's pick one. Burns. Oh, haven't done that one in a while. And then I remember the dance that you taught in TECC. See how that works? See? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I swear. You're a full on rage right now. You know that, right? 
I swear, every single time I'm given the opportunity, whoever got burned, I'm thankful that they're willing to say, hey, Vince knows a dance you want to show them. Absolutely. This is a dance I remembered from my education and it stuck with me and helped pass. But to hear that I was able to share that little insight to a student and now they are coming back, what is it, a year ago? Yeah. And saying, I've actually used this on the streets and I've had success for this knowledge with the burn dance. It's by far, that is like the currency to me. That is the award for what I do. Anyway, you get, go ahead. Like, got me all geeked out. That's the thing though. Is like, it makes, it was a goofy thing, but I remember it now. It's, it's burnt into my brain. They're, they're trying to figure out looking at her leg and going, Oh, I think it's this. And I'm in the back by the captain's chair. Like two, three, four, six, seven, 18, bam. Like, like, how'd you do that? I, I can't explain it right now. But yeah, man. <laughs> It's awesome. That's, that's the reward, like I said. But you said being an educator puts you in a role that you need to have that pride. You need to have that, uh, that accountability for yourself to uh, truly have that credibility of that knowledge. But in reference to this subject, this last Monday, Tuesday, we had the TCCC class, which is by far the best. And I keep saying about every class that we hold. It was our best class and it was our most dynamic class. It was a lot of challenging points, a lot of, uh, because we had live tissue or dead live tissue, right? We had lungs to play with um, and actually visualize and touch and put hands on, allow people to innovate, see what a tension pneumo looks like and how we, why we do the needle Ds and why we do chest tubes. And you see the effect at hand. That's the best learning possible. But when we were progressing through this, uh, this course, it, and you guys could all attest to it because everybody here has stepped into my, my philosophy teaching, I say from the beginning, like, you guys are in charge of this program. You tell me what you want. You want me to dial it up. You want me to dial it down. However it is, but this next 16 hours is not me telling you, you have to be here. It's 16 hours of me saying, I am honored that I could be here for you. So what can I give you? What do you want from me? And when I see our students thriving and they're picking up this information and they don't care about breaks, they don't care about like lunch and this and that they're just, they're partying on. Like, this is the best time of their lives. And I'm like, man, this, this is a whole like school Institute. And these are people that are actually driven to, to learn more and want more. Yeah. They actually want to learn. I'm going to do it differently this time. And I went to them. I was like, you guys feel confident. You guys are showing me that you're, you're competent in what we, we just taught you. So here's the thing. I'm going to go next door. I'm going to get all the fire candidates. Cause there's a fire Academy at the same building. We're going to walk through and, and bring them in here and the other fire instructors. And you are now going to have your, your own lesson to teach. So teach these candidates what lungs are, are entailed, what they look like, what they do, why they function, how they function. And uh, I, we just sat back and we just observed and we allowed them wear gloves and we had them touch the tissue. And uh, a lot of them were just aspired. They're like, man, EMS is fucking fun. Medicine is fun. This is awesome stuff. When are you guys doing this class more often? Like, and, that's not, and people are already wanting to sign up. You know, but when I'm looking back and I'm seeing originally our students showing and, and, and taking their knowledge and being able to be an educator, like it almost brings tears to our eyes. You know what I mean? It's like, man, this is, this is the most glorious moment of my education is seeing the people who, who are looking up to us now having people looking up to them. And, uh, and that's what we want to build. We want to build leaders, we want to build competent people. We want to build individuals who want to make training fun again. And there's that saying that I say at the end of every class is that you do not rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training. 
And to know that these individuals come to my class and are wanting to, to get the most out of it and are expecting, like they said it, they, they have this level of expectation and then we over exceed. Well, that is, that is the best feeling as an instructor for this program. Absolutely. And you're most likely inspiring people right there, making them realize, man, I could teach this. This is pretty good. Yeah. We're seeing it now. Hayden's sitting at the couch right now. He's coming back. He's got that fire in him. And you know what? Let's talk about that because not everybody feels the same way as we do about educating ourselves, pushing ourselves further. I'm telling you, we all know who like those people are. Walkthrough. What's that? Walkthroughs. And like walkthrough, for sure. Taking 45 minutes as an intro, getting to know your students, all those things. But Hayden, it's your, in your agency, you could share, hey, listen, there's this great podcast where we talk a lot about training and education. Maybe learn something out of it. Not everybody's, no, not everybody <laughs> wants to take a dive and educate themselves. How do we deal with that? Yeah. I think it's, there's an issue too, is a lot of people just, I, they, a lot of people want to do training. I think, I think this is fire law, EMS, whatever, wide, the, the training that, oh, it's, it's, it's checking a box, right? Oh, I did my training. I did. You go on whatever you're doing to, to your, say your, your, the management of your license, right? Oh, I got my four hours of airway. I got my two hours of cardiac. I got my whatever. And it's just checking boxes. And I think that shows when something happens, like I did the burn dance, right? And I, so I was recently made an officer. So my role is entirely changed, right? I went from a, a mainstream provider on the ambulance, right? To now my job is not the patient. My job is my crew and making sure that they're making the right moves and they're providing the best care. So I'm back there doing the burn dance. I'm like, all right, cool. We got it. And it's burn, right? And they take off to the hospital. I get in the ambulance or I get in the engine. I look up and I go, oh shit. They didn't start saline, like fluids, part of burns, like something, something little. Right. But that, that's I'm like, it's on me. Like, it's, but it's, it's, it's a whole group effort. But in the end I looked at it, I'm like, that, that's my bad. That's something that I held for a while. I'm like, I, I gotta be better. I gotta be better. I gotta be training on this stuff. And that's where it came, like, next day, bam, burn, burn SOP. Hey guys, let's take a look at this. Let's run through it real quick. It's, it's, let me keep, challenge you on that. Hayden. Yeah. Lieutenant. Now, Lieutenant. I'm, now, this might be how it goes for you. Let me challenge you. You mentioned you painted a picture of getting in the back of the ambulance. Yes, you are responsible for your crew, 100%. But are you the kind of lieutenant that gets in there to start a line? Are you the kind of lieutenant that gets in there to drop medications? Are you that lieutenant uh, that gets in there to stretch that line, whatever it might be? So I, I will as long as they don't feel I'm in their way. Because if, if, if I'm going to let them have, I need them to have success. And if I'm do if I end up doing everything, that's my bad. Cause then they're not learning and they're not doing it themselves. So I will, I'm a hundred percent last full. Hey, you want to drill? Yeah. Hell yeah. I want to drill. I'm in, let's do it. Yeah. My spot on ambulance calls now is the drug drawer. That's my, that's now my niche. You have a go-to spot. Cool. Yep. Go-to spot right in the stairwell. That's my right, right there against the bench. That's my spot for sure. Whatever they need. Awesome. And then it's fun to, it's, it's nice because we have a lot of new, a lot of new medics and it's, you just throw ideas out at them. Like, I don't know what this could be. I don't know if it's this, you want to throw them on end title. Oh, that's a good idea. Right on, man. I love it for sure. So absolutely. You're teaching, you're teaching passing that knowledge, man. 
you're, yeah. you're, te- you're teaching them in not a classroom. Mm-hmm. And there's you know, some people don't know. And some people, I think I mentioned this to Vince and probably you as well, Dan. But like, I'm a person who needs to learn hands on. I can't learn from a book. I've had, I have the hardest time ever. Same way. There's no way that, you know, and, and that, that's probably the best. Reason. All right, let's, let's do it. And sometimes if it happens in real life, it happens in real life, but you're learning from it in the correct way. You're not doing anything bad. But I'm saying you're learning from it there. That's the reason why I enjoy the TCC and the TCCC classes that we teach because those are just, that's a whole different ballgame. I've never had a class like that when I took it. And now I'm coming back to tra- train and teach other people. It's fun. It's amazing. It's really hands-on and it really gets people going. Like, damn, like, I could do this or I never thought I could do this or it's good stuff. I had a good training moment. Steven over here. Quiet. I had a good training moment with a fellow crew member and we were doing a writ drill at a live fire scenario and I did a, a, a rescue in a way that I'm not used to doing. A tactic in rescuing a downed firefighter and it didn't go well for me. And I walked out of there and, and it bothered me for a couple of days. And I talked to my crew member about it and I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it that way. That doesn't work for me. And he said to me, that's not the right attitude because you should learn to do it that way. You should learn to buckle the harness, under, lift the leg, take the, the, the waist harness and buckle it under the leg. Learn to do it that way. If you struggled on it, get it down. But it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. But don't have the mindset of, I'm not going to do it like that. So it, it challenged me to say, let's do this ritual again. And I'm going to get that way down and make my mind up from there. But I'm not going to say I'm not going to do this. And that allowed me to open my mind to having a better mindset towards training and to not just do it. This is the way I'm going to. Nope. Nope. I'm going to try the way that made me uncomfortable. It says I'm not going to need that strap around the waist to go under the leg if we encounter stairs. You know what I'm saying? I just had to share that with you guys because that was pretty impactful for me. It's like getting you be comfortable with being uncomfortable type saying. Exactly. Yeah. It goes back exactly. to one of my favorite training quotes. It's crap. Don't train till you get it right. Train till you can't get it wrong. Absolutely. What it's, athletes it's, do. It's, you just, it's, it's like you said, it's something you're not used to. We're going to do it. We're going to do it again and again and again until yep. we're proficient with it. That's right. Exactly what athletes do. That's I needed that hard. reminder. I needed that. I think the valid point behind this and unfortunately, we can't always do it when it comes to lives, right? Because we, we all here work for the community in some essence. And lives are at stake when we make mistakes. But sometimes it's those mistakes that makes us realize, hey, I got to learn more. Like, I got a lot more learning to do. Or B, is now I understand why we're not doing that. When we start this program, when I, when, when I run and, and took over pretty much, and just said, Hey, we got to change this. It was, uh, I wanted their failures to be in the classroom. And I, I start the program and I say, you know what? I want to see what you guys are made out of. Prove it to me. Show me what you got. We're going to give you the scenario. And then we're going to test your knowledge, right? Key or key on learning, whatever they say it. Ideally, they should all know what a tourniquet is, right? This is meant for licensed personnel or people of the uniform. But unfortunately, a lot of them don't realize or haven't really been able to play with tourniquets. So I tell them, like, from here on out, we're going to make sure we build the confidence with tourniquets. 
You're going to put it on real time. We're going to make sure of that, right? You're actually going to put it on yourselves and each other to where it's actually stopping blood flow through your limb. So you understand the discomfort and the, the pain that it causes to the casualties you put it on. And the people will walk around the room and they're moaning and groaning and they're like, man, we can take this off yet. I'm like, I'm not done yet. We're going to keep going. And I start telling them, it's like, embrace it, embrace it. And they're like, what? Like embrace what you're feeling, embrace that pain, embrace that discomfort, right? Cause that discomfort and that pain that's telling you that you're alive and be proud of that. that you did something that saved your own life or you did something that saved your buddy's life. And then that's when they start, the light bulb initially starts in that first 30 minute of the course. They're like, oh man, I signed up for something intense. This is about that's to get right. Done. That's we got, we got guys sweating. Yep. We got guys moaning. It's excellent. Yep. 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 Just, just wait. I got you for another 16 hours of this. Yep. And, uh, we run the, we let them run the scenario. And if we see a subject that they are questioning and they, they think is right. And they're like, this, this has always worked for me. And it's, it's been what I've always done. And I'm like, okay, show me. And then from, from that point on, when they fail or fail during that scenario and they, they see the effect of that, that compromise they did. So I hear that poor. That's when they start realizing now I understand why we don't do it that way. And then we show them the right way and we show them the technique and they, that's when they start embracing it. This makes complete sense. I'm not doing this because a book shows me. I'm not doing this because somebody stepped up in the class and said, Hey, this is why or how you got to do it. I'm doing this because I, I, I witnessed and experienced the failure behind. And that's what the whole subject about ketamine got so heated with is I see the failures behind ketamine and I'm like, there's gotta be more to it. So I would do my own research. And I would try my own trials and I would see the effects of my, my, my own dedication and my own of education. And I'm like, all right, this is why, this is why I'm going to do it my way. And clearly it's the uh, appropriate way because I haven't had anybody overdose on ketamine. I haven't had a, a malfunction of ketamine. It's because I'm, I take it very seriously. I take it like it's a, it's a, it's a medication that could put you under. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. I myself. And that's what it is. I'll tell you what, ketamine number two is going to be coming. Oh, we got a lot of, we got a lot of pressure for ketamine number two. Yeah. A lot of tension for it. So start, yeah. we'll rant about it, but that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's what makes a steward of the, uh, the trade. It's a be willing to not only educate and share your wealth, but take the time to continuously maintain that credibility to keep yourself educated, build that report with the students you have and your co-instructors. Try your best, even if you have some challenging times, try your best to be a good moderator and personalities can't always match. That's what it is. The win behind this is that we have a guy that drove two and a half hours just to have a conversation in, in a cold garage, smoking a cigar and enjoying food. Yep. Podcast. Who's that? Steven? <laughs> he was right. quiet. Oh, he's all, he's all bitter, man. Cause he told me, he's like, thanks for the invite. I'm like, I didn't know this was supposed <laughs> to be virtual. Orlando, oh, you're are you in Vince's basement right now? You're not supposed to say that out loud, bro. No, Vince, I'm nowhere. Yeah, he always finds his way into your basement. Yeah, that's where I see. Yeah, anyway, yeah, in that corner room you don't ever see. It's right there. I told you. Get your socks on, though. That's all I ask. <laughs> Everything else is fine. I can walk on naked as long as I got my socks on. <laughs> Cold down here, man. That's right. So, yeah, hey, and I applaud you, man. You know, it's not a yeah. You drove. I don't know. Two and a half hours, man. But I applaud you for coming here and taking a seat with us, man. I appreciate it. I hope your agency or your friends get to listen to this and hear what you get to offer 
you're bringing something to the table too, man. We're, we're just so happy to have you here and, and to take some of your knowledge as well. Thank you, brother. Yep. Yep. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Man. Dan and I have talked about this before, and I think this is something we definitely want to make a movement for, is bringing this podcast to agencies, so fire academies, yes. Yes, academies. Say, give us, give us a day or, or a module where it's education and mental health, right? And just say, we'll put up a couple, a couple mics, and then we'll have a live show talking about something they, they, they want to talk about. Some, some of the challenges. In the bourbon. Yeah, we'll bring bourbon. <laughs> we just won't let them drink it because it's ours. That's right. right. But it's, it's ultimately just making this more in person. And then I think that's been a thing because Dan, like you said, there's, there's an academy out there that's actually listening to us, you know, there is absolutely. It is huge. They, they have a, a board and their fire academy of podcast options to educate themselves. And uh, we do bring that education and training, but we also bring the importance of mental health and uh, we can be that outlet for them as well. So again, even if this academy is listening right now, we would love to come to you and bring this training and bring a training topic that you want to talk about. You want to talk about mental health? We'll do it. You want to talk about some fire stuff? Let's do it. And uh, even some police stuff. We got everything. We got police, we got fire, we got military. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, EMS. Absolutely. We got it all, man. That's do. right. Communications. Randy's got the background of the dispatchers. Yeah. Well, uh, management, all that. So. Hey, even the upper, upper management. Lieutenants, captains, sergeants, commanders, we got them all. That's There's right. one sitting right there. There's a couple of them in that couch, and I can't see the couch. <laughs> right. Yep. We just watched our boys, man, Dakota, wearing three different hats. He made the Did news. You guys, you guys hit that link? That was, yep. that was sweet. That was awesome. Congratulations to Dakota, man. He's, he's out there that? just serving his community at the best level as, as possible. Yeah. For those that don't know, Dakota's uh he's a firefighter, he's a police officer, he's a military medic. And I think he's done them all. He's still doing all three at the same time, right? And he's a cadre of the show. And the cadre, you know, of course. Of course. He's, I know he's been a little absent because of, uh, I mean, our timing and everybody else's timing. This is a rarity. I think we're trying to make this a more, more scheduled thing. Hopefully, we, we, can... we got something coming. We got something coming with the We got something coming. We keep saying that. We keep saying oh, but this one, But this one's more, we had a meeting. A little while ago, so we're, we're good. So more stuff is coming. So he is gonna like it. More in person stuff. Yes, like we just released our first accredited episode. Of people go to earn content. Where was that? I am at OPRST at the IMED. Yes, so it's a big aspect for us. And the one share, one share, making partnerships. North American Rescue recognizes us as a training center. Oh yeah, that's a big movement for us. And who would have thought, I don't know, seven years ago when Randy and I first started in the backyard of my place and just like smoked cigars and said, hey, let's try something different. And now here we are. And it's just boom, it just exploded. Uh, It's really, it's really good to have those partnerships. I'll tell you, because having those trauma shears in the class, not only was helpful for the training, there's a couple other guys I reached out and said, hey, what were those shears? I guarantee they went online and bought a pair. Absolutely. these partnerships are very important. We utilize these tools. We North American Rescue, right? We we brought it to a meeting with a police department to push medical training for law enforcement officers, and they're going to be getting on board with us. And 
hopefully we're going to get out there and get some training, bring the training to them from the schoolhouse out to the field. And uh, so the partnerships are huge. Really, What Dan's also trying to say here is that we're not just backing anything up. We, the stuff that we use is we actually use it. We actually back it behind. It's not just something, oh, they have it. It looks nice. Now we're, we're using it. It's real. It works. That's right. Practical. Yeah. Functional. There you go. Mm-hmm. Functional. Ideal. Ideal. Make the words out. While we've been talking about TECC and TCCC, let's give this a little skit, right? It's uh, it's probably not going to be a whole hour's worth of education, but let's do it a little bit of a snippet, right? A taste of, of the TECC program. There is an algorithm that is studied and is portrayed in this program, and it's March. And we keep saying, once you start marching, you keep marching on, right? And it's a, an assessment tool in order of precedence of what's going to ideally and realistically kill your casualty first. And it's the things that you need to be reacting upon in that order to prevent that loss of life. Steven, because you've been silent, the spotlight's on you. I need to know what M stands for. Massive hemorrhage. What are you going to do about it? If you're coming from a field situation, you're going to do the finger sweep, rake your victim, your downed comrade for any major bleeding sites, and then you just got to address it, whether you need to slap a tourniquet on it, on a limb, or uh, put a tourniquet heck on. a wound. How do we put a tourniquet on? High and tight. Tell me more. If you have time, you want to do four, approximately four inches above the injury site, not on a joint, and then you can't go from there. No? Uh-oh. Stop the bleed, carry on for now. <laughs> okay. Until, like you said, if we have time, if there's more time down the road, but don't neglect the rest of the march algorithm. Bleed and move on. Especially when you're on the X, it's high and tight, get out. Done. Exactly. Doesn't, doesn't qualify for a tourniquet, you can't do anything else. Get off the X. And what we classify as the X is the uh, care under fire, right? You're in a line of sight, you are in a line of fire, you're in a line of damage, and your, your main goal is to get your buddy or your casualty out. After you gain fire superiority, get a tourniquet on for those limb leads, the limb bleeds, pull them out as any means possible, whether it's using litter or strap or their, uh, their rig, their chest rig or their body armor, whatever it is, a handlebar mustache off, uh, (laughs) whatever it is, just get them out of the X. And then after we took care of massive hemorrhage, right? What are we doing at this point? Move it. Oh, Still talking to said, Steven said, here? Yeah. I'll go to you, Dan. Do we throw it? Let's, let's go Ooh. with you. So mass hemorrhage airway. Carrying a fire has been taken care of. We've taken care of mass hemorrhage. Now, airway. We're going to be speaking to your, your casualty. Are they able to write, Hayden, if they're if they're talking, they're breathing? Negative, sir. Negative, <laughs> <laughs> um, sir. Why is that? Why, why is that? Because ventilation does not equal perfusion. Tell me more. It's great. We just, we just had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but now with the audience, this <laughs> is me putting the education role onto you. Roger that. Now you're the educator. Roger that. So ventilation, air in and out, perfusion, oxygen supply to the brain and the rest of the body. So just because they're talking doesn't mean that they're they're ventilating, but they're not perfusing. So under a tactical field care right now that we're off the X, what can we do to fix their airway? So this is going to be 
this is meant to be rapid, okay? If you were to put yourself in a mass casualty situation, we don't got time. We don't have time to. We got time for that. We ain't got time for that. I got bunions. We're we're not worried about putting advanced airway in, airways in at this time. So you're gonna perform a head chill head to help head tilt chin lift boom or a jaw thrust if you're worried about c spine you're open up that airway or you're going to do the nasal trumpet that's what we're that's what we're taking care of that's that's what we're going to do we're going to open that airway up manually and then we're going to put in a nasal airway and continue on with our march assessment nice nice is there anything else we could do to open up the airway like why would an airway be closed tongue your tongue is dropping. Nasal trumpet. Well, yep. nasal would take care of the tongue. But why what else would cause a closure? You can have blood in the airway. So you want to put a your patient in the recovery position. Put them on their side. Nice. Going to continue on with that march assessment. Because once you're done with that march assessment, we've controlled the life threats. You move on to the next casualty. Nice. 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 So airway, all you care about is it open or close. That's right. Secured, unsecured. Can I secure it? NPA. Go to the TCCC route, surgical crank or intubation, whatever we got, crash airway. But after it's open or closed, and you've maintained that, where do we go, Mr. Buscio? Don't mess this Respiration? up. Respiration? Right. What are you doing about yeah, it? You What's up? Oh, what are we doing about it? What are you assessing for? What do you do about it? Uh, there is, they're actually breathing, chest is rising. There's no, uh, well, like, what is it? Uh, like tension, normal thorax, th thorax, nice. and uh, any blood in the lungs or anything else of that matter. Checking for that. Maybe we can put the two calls the, the uh, pulse oximeter. Checking the SPO2 as well, isn't it? Can we do that? Yeah. They're more advanced. Yeah, sure. That's, I mean, more that's more advanced. Like, like, down, that's when you got more time, right? This is again, you're not you're not delaying the march because these are good things are going to kill you for a pulse. Yeah. Like we're not really worried about oxygen just yet. We just need ventilation. Checking so, for holes. We're checking for holes. W's. We're looking for sucking chest wounds. In and out. People chest rise. We're looking for some sort of in and out ventilation. Right? No, I'm talking about, yeah, but I'm talking about in and out chest wounds. Is it just in or is it out to the back? Oh, yeah. The, yep. Entrance and exit wounds. That's um, Entrance and In and out burger. Baby. But yeah, you're looking for, you're looking for the open chest wounds. And we seal it off with chest seals. Our yes. inside chest raising the back. So do we need a de needle decompress that side of the chest? Are we looking at flail chest? Are we looking at an open chest wound? You know, are we looking at what else? What else are we look at? Hemothorax. Uh -huh. And that goes into the whole point of why are they transitioning? Let's first start off. What is the prime what is today's society, EMS, in your protocols? What is your primary site for a needle D. Aiden. Look at that third rib down in Florida. My system is now changed. It's the. What was it before? It was second intercostal, big clavicular. Our own fifth intercostal. Okay. Axillary. Above or below the rib? Above because the van runs into the bridge. Nice. Veins, arteries, nerves. Nice, nice. And that was the initial primary spot. And the secondary used to be? Axillary. Axillary. What intercostal? Fifth. And between which ribs? Four and five. Four and five above the rib. And now they're saying the military is at least doing it. Some agencies are doing it. Like you said, your protocol just changed to it because everything 
originates and changes for what the military is saying. You guys do it um, first. Hell yeah. But they're saying the primary is now what used to be the secondary, the mid-axillary site. And the main reason behind that is also because anatomy, right? For female or male, the packs and chests and all that, that could, that could affect the location site. That could affect the insertion of the, the needle. Whereas the mid-axillary tends to be more or less cumbersome of tissue. You can still feel the ribs in most patients, but also a line patient, a patient that's lying down. If you go for your secondary site, which is now the primary, and that'll immediately give you the signs of a hemothorax. So they're saying this kind of knocks out two birds in one stone situation. And what do we do if our first needle doesn't work? Put in another one. In which direction do we go? Away from the heart. Right next, away from the heart, but you can put it, you can go right next to it. You can, yeah. Always work away from your heart. Don't work in towards it because that's when you start stabbing the heart. Yep. That's a whole other world of problems. Cool. We fixed the restorations. We put some chest seals. Uh, what's after that? C. C. What are we doing? Circulation. Reassessing. Reassessing pulses. See where we're at. Skin parameter. I can go skin parameter. Skin parameters or cap refill. See where we're perfusing at. Going to get some access. Whether that's an IV or an IO. Sure. That's TCCC route, 100%. Get IVIO access. Pushing what? Ideally. Yes. Whole blood. Whole blood. Why? Saline, Why are we pushing? Okay. Saline kills. Tell me more. Blood over plastic water. Saline does not give your body the ability to transport hemoglobin and oxygen in your body. This guy went out and made us fake blood bags for this class. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember right. that. And, the, and this whole time, I'm like, what smells like cherry? And then I'm realizing, oh, he's got cherry Mio in this blood bag. Yeah, man. It worked <laughs> perfectly, man. Whole blood over pasta water. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. But yes, you're right. Whole blood over pasta water. Because what happens? Now, it is normal saying lactase ringer does not carry oxygen cap capability capacities like the hemoglobin does. It destroys your clotting It destroys your clotting factor 100%. It makes your patient colder now. Right now, we're entering hypothermia because they have a product in them that's not warmed. And then we're also talking about whatever clotting factor they had, whatever red blood cells they had, you've just expanded them away from each other, which means less, yeah, more volume. So your blood pressures are coming up ideally, but your perfusion just gone. Start bleeding again. Pretty much done. And you're going to start bleeding again. So yeah, What's your circulation term? is, because the march is meant to be a rapid head to toe, right? We're not in that TCCC realm. You can be, right, where we're starting lines, giving whole blood, but. You're double checking your care under fire initial mass hemorrhage control, making sure that it's still holding. That's where that's where your blood sweep's coming in. Yes. So just to add to that. Because what is your blood sweep's going to be able to assess that you didn't do it on the X? You're going to assess secondary injuries. Give me a little more. What are your blood sweeps assessing that you could not do on the X? Much blood there's. More detailed? Non-compressible hemorrhage. Non-compressible, wound packing type right. stuff. Wound packing. That's when you yeah. start talking about wound packing. That's when you start talking about... Girdles. Uh, girls, the uh, pelvic binders. Because you lose, what, 1,500 or no, 2,500 20. of your uh, blood in your pelvis? Total, yeah. And we put pelvic binders to keep that in tight and prevent more damage and more rupture. And is it 25? 2,500. I believe that's uh, a... It's a thousand. It's a thousand per thigh, and it's. They want to say it's like, are you shooting? I think it's like two thousand per lung, or fifteen hundred per lung. 
but it's just it's bad. It's a okay. decent <laughs> amount. It's a it's a it's a fatal amount. <laughs> it's a fatal amount. Yes, hundred percent. And then what else? So you talk about the uh, Sam splint, junctional splinting, or junk pressure. You know, we're actually putting a object, a metal ob or a hard object into the uh, moral artery, rock or and, something. Yep, a rock or something, and compress that uh, that artery if it's something that you can't put a tourniquet over. And we're assessing the chest injuries. We're assessing the, the gunshot wounds. So that's when we treat immediately, put something on, put a gloved hand and get a battle buddy or work off that guy's eye fact and pull out his chest seal and start treating. Right. How many chest seals comes in one pack? Four. Twin pack? A single pack. Four. Four. You got the chest seal itself. You've got the plastic layer of the chest seal. And then you got pieces of encasement of packaging right and they ideally give you four chest seals sweet we took care of c you guys remember what the uh, the typical blood pressures are by heart rate radial I carotid femoral so i remembered it carotid is 60 your 70 radial is 80 which i always got confused because i'm like i thought it was 60 70 but your carotid is closer to your heart yeah. so it'll pick it up Vince, okay. i want you to give the h in march please uh, wait, we're not done with C yet, but yes, I'll take oh, we're, we're not? <laughs> we're not done with C. We're talking about the the ideal or ballpark. The ballpark estimation of blood pressures per your pulses. And we said it was 60 for carotid. 60 for carotid. 70, 70 for, for femoral. 80 for radial. 80 for radial. Not only location-wise in reference to the heart, but why is it that 60 for radial carotid versus femoral? Closer to your heart. Other than that, I'm not sure. Anybody keeping the brain perfused? Exactly. Your brain's the last thing to your, go. Your brain's it's going to be the last thing to your go. Brain's the greediest consumer box. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And now we enter H. Dan asked me what H is. Now we're yeah. thinking hypothermia and head trauma. Right? Hypothermia. Why is that bad? Bad juju. Trauma tried to death, man. Trauma tried. Oh. It actually yeah, is diamond now. Oh, it's a diamond. Right. Right. We talk about hypocalcemia. Oh, so you got hypothermia, huh? Acidosis. Acidosis. Yes, sir. You have hypothermia, coagulopathy, and acidosis. And then hypo... Hypocalcemia. Calcemia. Okay. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Perfectly said. Those are bad things. It, it affects clot factor, which affects the bleeding, which affects the patient's survivability. And then head trauma, right? If this is a blast injury, if this is somebody is a GSW to the head, if this is somebody who took a fall... Whatever it is, right? Head trauma is bad because whatever your treatments could do that you're trying to take care of March could have an effect on head. Your airway taking could have an effect to your increased intracranial pressure, right? So if you're trying to intubate somebody who's fighting you or who's clenched tooth, take a crack, right? Your ventilation, if you're giving too much, too much oxygen too fast, too slow, that could affect your intracranial pressure, right? Your elevation. Right. This is something where your head is below your body, blood flow, gravity, right? Increase into cranial pressure and damage of damage, right? If you give more damage to a head injury, you're going to lead to brain damage. You're going to lead to bread, bread, brain death. So that's, uh, that's bad. So what can, what can we do? Get a, get a blanket, right? Keep them warm. Beast blanket. The wet stuff. Yep. Get the wet stuff off and put dry clothing on. And head injury, keep them, keep their head elevated. Talk about your respirations, talk about your oxygen, talk about your MAP, right? How to affect the intracranial pressures. That's so. Uh, what does MAP stand for? 
mean arterial pressure. Dan, what is mean arterial pressure? Uh, your mon- I'm curious. Does your the monitor you use give you that? Yeah. Ours does. I think the Zoles do. I don't think. I don't, I don't think uh, Physio does. It might. The fifteens, I believe, give you the map now. Yeah. Life packs. Do you know the math on how to do the map? Ooh, tell me. I don't. I I ha- I have it because I took a picture of it when I was in medic school. Bust it out of the slide. Hang on. It's in my my folder called cheat sheets. Hang on. <laughs> It's a folded size. There's brain bleeds in there. It's great. All right. So mean arterial pressure is all right. It's it's, it's math with the lines. Hang on. So it is your cardiac output times your SBR gives you your map. But then to find it, it's so basically your diastolic blood pressure times two. Plus your systolic blood pressure divided by three gives you your map. There you go. For those of you out there that are like me, when you take a blood pressure, it's in parentheses, really little next to your right. Everybody's wondering, what is that number? I don't understand. Six, 65, you know. 65. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm shooting for. Yep. That's important. Okay. And what are the two other things that we talk about that I've added to March this program? March Environment. Jeez, environment and evacuate, right? Or actually, yeah, sure. Leave. Give me more. What else? Environment, equipment, situation, evacuation, equipment. There's one more. We talk about equipment. There's one more that's really important that we all tend to forget. I'm forgetting safety. Right. Everyone, safety. Everyone, everyone. E for everyone. Right. Check yourself. Check your battle buddies. Check your partners. Check everyone that's involved in this scenario. How you doing, Dan? You doing good? Steven, you're right. Aiden, you're shot. You're right. <laughs> I hope you know? so. Stuff like that. Check on each other. Right? And then S and then Bushio just passed out. Thanks for checking on me there, Vince. Appreciate that. You're the dead guy we're trying to take care of. But yeah, it's just that mindset. I make sure we're all we're all intact and stable. That is a March algorithm. If this stuff interests you, if you like to get your faces beat, right, with physical education, with you like hands-on, hands-on education, high fidelity, um, we've gotten a lot, and I always tell my students, hey, your end of course critique is very important to me because I want to know how to make this better. I want to know how to keep this program the best possible program you could ever be, and that is by your voices. They tell us. They tell us this is the most high fidelity class I've ever taken. High stress class. It's the first time they've ever actually had or been told to put a tourniquet on appropriately. That's all important. But ideally, it's I, I want to come to every class and and make this worth their wild, right? I want uh, I want to build influencers, train the trainers, stuff like that. And Dan, going back to you, you were that student in my class that challenged everything I said. Yeah. What's Academy? Yeah. Like this and that your protocol says different. I'm like, it's cause they don't always change and fix everything that's on the protocol. Dan, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, nice I was the guy challenging. Yeah. You were that guy. You were that guy. And you were that guy that was just like, man, this is weird, man. You're telling me all about this ketamine thing and how Narcan works. Really I know. know. And then what does Dan do? He calls me what yesterday. And what did you say? Hey, maybe Narcan has something to do with the, uh, Helping reverse the ketamine. 
And he actually witnessed it. He actually did it. I actually witnessed it. You actually yes. witnessed the effect of it. Hell yeah. yeah. I did. It made me feel like I'm not just blowing smoke out. I was just like, cool. Smoke, right? love, I love it when people actually listen to uh, the, the things we're preaching, but when they are carrying along and, and uh, carrying that Bible of information that we have to share and say, you know what? You guys are right. That's uh, that yeah. is a So, nonetheless. No, listen, I wasn't. I wasn't like, ah, you're wrong. I just like to push your buttons. But oh, <laughs> because, if, like I said, if, if that was the case, I wouldn't have even bothered to do oh, it. I, know, dude. I remember I go back to that day sometimes. Like, this guy, this guy is going to be that guy in my class. Come on, like, man. What's how do we handle? How do was we handle? I really like that. Oh, dude, you were. You were challenging. You were nitpicking everything I said. There was a time I was like, man, if he says one more thing to challenge me, we're going to throw it out. No, not really. But I was going to be like, dude. <laughs> I remember you saying you were gonna do something with the bats somewhere, yeah. tourniquet somewhere you don't like. You know what? I think I was gravitating towards your knowledge. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's what I was doing, man. I was feeding into this guy's got knowledge. I want to know more, and I was pushing your buttons. But I, I think my intentions were good. It was here. I am. It was all good. Yeah. It was all. You were doing your version of what I do to my students is tell me more, right? Yes. When they say an answer, I'm like, give me more. Give me more. And they're all just, what more does he want? I'm like, I want it all. Tell me everything you know about it. Just start handling it off. And then once you say that and they start having a conversation amongst each other and they're figuring out the problem, you're just back here. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Till I do. And right. Oh, yeah. And oh, we're 45 minutes 45. deep. God forbid. Not to be That's... sappy, but it's the same thing with me, man. Put class. I'm like, this guy's a rock star. Yes. <laughs> Like you don't yeah. gotta you don't gotta be Mr. EMS. No, no one yeah. has to be. But I feel yeah. you you are, and I pride myself. I I like the ambulance. I'm the weird guy. I like the ambulance. I'm sorry. I said it. It's on. It's on record now. I it's said on, it. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> oh, listen. Yeah. It's majority of what we do. So you better be damn good at it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Hey, then, can I ask you a question? Me? Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Oh, you yeah. can't just start that. All right. I was, no, I was, I was thinking about a stepbrother saying, who, if you're a gay, who's the, who the one you want to uh, sleep with? Not John Stamos, but he said it oh. right next to Aiden. They're brothers, man. Come on. No one's with it. Why are you burying me? Were you going to say it at the same time? We're supposed to say it at the same time. Already? You're going to say it at the same time? Three. Vince. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. I just wanted to know. I thought I'd do it. I just wanted to know. No, but the the whole reason behind that, Dan was that initial, and he he was gravitating to the knowledge, to me a little bit to make sure I was I was telling him more, and he wanted more, and and then finally by the end of day two, you came up to me and you're like, do do you like rum? And I'm like, the fuck let's I go. do? Of course I do. Let's go. And he pulls out a bottle of rum, and I'm like, I'm off the clock. You're off the clock. Let's go. You know. Yep. And that's how we started a conversation. It was like, you know what, this guy, he's he was willing to learn. He was willing to educate. Is willing to thrive and, and be better and, and do better, but also share that wealth and knowledge. And then uh, we, we invited him to the, the cadre and, and this organization. And here he is back as an instructor. Was in your shoes that you were doing. So it's definitely, yep. definitely something we. We, we want to see in everyone. Yeah. We, God, man, like we, we get students like Hayden here coming out to do this kind of stuff. It's what makes it all worth it. Everything that we do and we say. Excellent. Let's pass the torch. Let's keep it going. Train up the next guy. It's uh, it's an honor. And forward. 
paid for it, paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. right? What's your currency? What's your worth? Why are you doing it? Everybody needs to make money. Everybody needs to just ask a question. Everybody yeah. needs to know. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one of them. Say hi. Hello, lady. Hi. Welcome to the show. Some point you're going to be on the show because at some point we're going to have a family members only. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Family, kids, kids. our spouses, our partners, whatever mm -hmm. it is, to be in our seats and then just talk about what they want to talk Our support system, man. Huge. That was Huge. Good Huge. It's All right. Sick. I said this in a past episode, but it is fitting for this current episode. This was sure. a quote by a master sergeant in the army. As leaders, we must invest in our soldiers continually developing and growing them into leaders themselves who will someday serve as our next generation of great leaders and mentors. That's an excellent quote that we should all strive to live by. We should put that quote on a t-shirt. We should. Yeah. Right. Should we put the within thin lines on the front of it? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if we butchered our name? I got a guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's that was our this thing turned into two and a half hours this is that's what happens when we start conversation, talking man. yeah man i gotta go oh, I mean, that's right yeah. it's it's cold so it's chilly but we're here we're we're enjoying our spirits we're enjoying each other's spirits nice our spirits it was fun it's fun i hope for those who are listening to this we're a maybe learned a thing or two but able to reflect and say you know what that, that sounds right. That sounds about right. This is what I want to do. And maybe they, they come to work tomorrow after listening to the show and be like, what can I do to be better? Let me go do some 20 push-ups. There you go. Fitness 20. Just 20. No, fitness is key. Your mental well-being. It, fitness literally fixes everything. Right? Literally. Absolutely. Well-being, your mental health, your strength, your conditioning, your ability to the function. Right? That's uh, that's a key aspect, but then a key aspect is being able to have your, your personal pleasures, right? A cigar, a spirit, share with good, like-minded people, have a conversation, right? Throughout these last two and a half hours, I think I became a better person, right? Um, yeah. you became just that much more healthy. So that's all I got. Uh, that's we could rant on. We keep talking about ketamine. We keep talking about gym and, and all this stuff, but. Ushio. Hey. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. It's always good to have a conversation, especially with like-minded people. So I, I really enjoyed that. We got Hayden in today. I'm really, I'm really glad that you're part of the uh, TECC and who knows who you also can be part of. And uh, yeah, man, I wish I was there to meet you in person. Not meet you, I already met you in person before, but like, hang out, have a cigar bowl. I'm sure we'll get a chance to do that soon. Sure. Get everybody together one day and everything. But yeah, man, it's always good to be talking with like-minded people, like I said. Good times. Always learning from each other is always a big thing. That's that's always big. So I always learn a little something about everybody else every time I talk to you guys. You learn, hey, I could pull off a beard, so. You're in the shadows. That's right. That's right. All right. No. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're like, okay, Vince. It's okay. It's, it's fine. Charge your poop. What you got, Dan? And the man, I'm still a steward of the, the trade. I don't have this all down pat. I've been 
It's been an honor to be in an instructor and leadership role, but I'm still humbled by every student I encounter and what they bring to the table for me. And yes, I have that role, but my goal is to see you all take up that role as well and share your knowledge with me because I will always be a steward of education and learning something new. And I hope this has been a benefit for you all listening. And uh, Hayden, pleasure to have you on the show, man. Hayden. I appreciate it, guys. I'm starting out doing this. I I love it already. It's phenomenal. Going back to the point is going for instructing. You're going to never... Whatever, whatever role you're in, fire law, military, we're never done training ever. It never stops. The clock never stops. We care. We do what we can to teach what's the guys beneath us and then learn from the guys above us. That's perfect. I guess from us all, and I guess it'll be a little bit of a teaser here, pushing this program out. Look us up on social media, on Instagram at the WTL podcast. Share a story of you doing these 20 push-ups. Yeah. Take those entries and we will do a randomized number and one of those individuals will get the class paid for through us to go join us in a TCC program. How about that? So we challenge you. Go do something better, right? Go do 20 push-ups. Show us what you are doing to be a better educator, a better leader, a better follower, a better father, a better mother, a better person, a better partner, whatever it is. But what is it that you are be, you are doing today to make you a better person in your field? Share it with us. Share your story. Write out to us. How, how can they reach out to us, Father Bushko? Reach out to us on Instagram, like you said, the, the WTO podcast. Or on Cadre, you can also do that. Cadre at, the, Cadre at WTO podcast.us. That's also another way to reach out to us. Check up on yourselves. Be willing to be checked up on. 988 is a new number for National Suicide Prevention Online. Call them anytime. They have their own channel for veterans as well. Or uh, a call. Reach out to us. Well, we have a new business line, 844-STAY-WTO. That is our business phone line. And at some point, all the cadre members are going to be tagged on it. So somebody will answer. And if yeah. that spell will be left, and we will make sure we are able to return that voicemail. And if it's something that comes to mental health, we will guide you through it. If it's something you want to come to training, want to participate and get more information, get us to your agencies, or just join us for the conversation like Hayden is here today. We welcome you all. We always have an open seat for you. So that is all. No, I am Ed. I am Ed. Don't forget I that. I am Ed. Yep. Look up. Look up. I am Ed. Hour, hour and a half. 1.5 hours. Yeah. Uh, Con Ed. Everybody needs it. You know you're coming close. Renewal is coming up. Go get it. Just gave you that one and a half hour. Definitely learn some new skills and traits. But join join a bigger and better organization. That's all about making you bigger and better every day. So from us all here at the WTO Podcast, be safe, be healthy, be fit, be strong, be mindful, be educated. And just remember to stay within the mind. <laughs>